Mike, turn your games down. Hi, episode 261 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's in a God of War game, not God of War, with me tonight? Dog. This is Julian <laughs> Titus, making fun yes. of Ron Perlman's terrible, terrible voice acting in this game. <laughs> I didn't mind it, but I also didn't play with sound all the time. So Yeah, I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> and if you play with the sound on all the time, you 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 laugh every time you hear dog. Yeah, I didn't hear that much. So I must have the sound off more than I thought I did. <laughs> I got tired of it. I, I didn't need sound. I that was a funny one. And, and then when you when you rescue some of the women, like one of them will say, like, take me and crush me with your love. And I now I need, <laughs> I need a partner who says that to me sometime because that that was that was fun. I liked it when they go, where did my clothes go? That, that one made me laugh. <laughs> I had sound on sometime, but it got near the end of the game. I just muted it. It's like, I'm good. I don't want to hear anything anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm tired of you. <laughs> and a lot of deaths, so I didn't need to hear the death sound over and over again. So that was part of it. But we are here to talk about Conan, developed by Nihilistic Software, published by TH- THQ, came out in 2007 for PS3 and 360, which I feel like a lot of people probably didn't even know this game existed. So... Yeah, I'm trying. I, I feel like it got a decent amount of buzz at the time, but of course, you know, it's it's been quite a to- quite a while since then. And there's also <laughs> yes. been well, like two other Conan games that are there were much bigger projects that came out after this one. One of them, I think, was even in the same year. I think that Conan MMO came out either the same year or the year after. To the point that, like, when I saw Akana, like the female lead, I was like. Oh, I think I remember her in the Playboy spread because this was around that time <laughs> when Playboy was doing like the the women of video games issues every year. And I had to look it up and, and it's like, no, it was actually a woman from like the age of Conan. MMO 2008. Game. Yeah. Age of Conan is 2008. Then we get Conan Exiles, which is an open world survival game in 2020, oh, 2018 Xbox One. Yeah. And I think that one is still going. I don't think I don't think Age of Conan is though, but I could be wrong. You, it, it's funny how MMOs just kind of continue and and kind of you're like, oh, that's got to be dead, right? It's like, oh no, it's got like you know three thousand players still. It went to free to play a model back in 2011. Okay, but yeah, I don't so know it if still it still exists. But no, you never know. I mean, you are right. MMOs just live forever sometimes. Mm-hmm. It just people. I mean, if they get enough people and they get a couple whales, they'll just keep going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, I think Star Trek Online is still going. Like. The Lord of the Rings online is still going. Those are all like right around the same time frame. Age of Conan is still going. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> As at least of February 2023, there are people still playing it and talking about it and writing about it. So, yeah, yeah, it's not dead. So first I have to ask, like, do you have any history with Conan the character? I do not. I never I haven't read any of the books, although I've really wanted to. I haven't. I think mm, I might have read one or two comics, but I always preferred Red Sonia for obvious reasons. I, I can't say no to a chainmail bikini. I also think she's just a really cool character. Like I I was really waiting for that uh, Robert Rodriguez directed Red Sonia movie starring Rose McGowan that never happened. I haven't seen the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I did watch the Jason Momoa movie when it came out, and I actually watched uh, about half of it before the the podcast. I didn't get a chance to finish it, <laughs> but I was like, oh, you know what? Like, let me refresh myself on like you know some of the lore, right? Because again, yeah, I don't, I don't really have like a big frame of reference. Yeah, I did play this game not long after it came out, and I was trying to f- figure out why I hadn't played it on the 360 because that was my main console at the time. 
And I think I must have found it on PS3 for like 20 bucks in a bargain bin or something like that. And that's where I ended up playing it. Okay. I So I bought this game twice, of course, because that's what I like to do. Uh, I bought it on Xbox 360. Per, I, my guess is it had to have been for like under 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, in some like GameStop dirt cheap sale just because. and But I never got around to it because my roommate didn't like games of nudity. So I'm like, and <laughs> I lived in a basement and the, the TV was in the living room where she lived pretty much. And I'm like, well, I'll just get to this someday. Oh, I paid 15 bucks used, what the 360 copy tells me. Probably buy two, get one free. But, and I, so I never got around to it. I'm like, oh, I got other games to play. I'll someday get around to playing this. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about it. And then at some point, I bought it on PS3 when I was recollecting a lot of my games because all my 360 ones are in bins and storage. So I rebought stuff cheap. And I paid $4 for it on PS3. And still never got around to it. And I think it was sometime this year. It might have been when me and you talked earlier. And then you were like, yeah, I'll play that. And I'm like, well, now I got an excuse and someone to play it. And so it went on. And so here we are. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, that that's one of the, I, I, I'm sure I've said it before, but that's one of the things that I like about this show is, you know, revisiting games, especially because I love, I love B games. Right. And same. this is, this is like a perfect seven out of 10 game. You know, it is not going to, blow your socks off or anything like that but it's got <laughs> interesting ideas and and there's parts where it's like holy shit that was that was cool like that was a, that was a neat like sequence or whatever and then you know in, in true b game fashion like there's parts where it's like oh that that is not that that is underbaked right <laughs> and, and i actually looked a, a little bit into the making of this game and apparently it was originally supposed to come out in 2008 but they were forced to release it in 2007, like almost a, a full year ahead because the company had been having like financial issues or something like that. And so they, you know, they wanted to, I don't know, kind of try to recoup cost or whatever like that. And it kind of shows like, yeah. you know, I don't think that another year would have fixed like all of the game's issues. But you got to you got to think that it probably would have like gone a lot of long way to like really polishing it and you know, maybe getting some ideas in there that they just had to cut for, for time constraints. And that can ruin things, especially a year sooner than you're expecting. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. When you think, you know, I always hear these stories about how much games come together in like the last like three months, right? Like that, that's kind of the do or die. Like, okay, now, you know, we've got everything in place. Now it's time to iterate and, and polish and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, even like, even games that are like widely critically acclaimed and players love them and stuff like that, you know, reportedly look like train wrecks, you know, uh, just like three or four months before they, you know, actually get into our hand. <laughs> Metroid Prime is a prime as a prime example of that. Yes. That game was just trash until it just worked. Yeah. I mean, because Silicon Knights is not known to <laughs> have some bad time. Well, that was Wait, that Metroid was, Prime um, Silicon Knight. No, Retro. Sorry, Retro. Retro. Yeah. But yeah, the, the you know, the. The leader of Retro apparently was really, really dropped the ball on that for a really long time. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a whole thing I watched once on Matt and Russell's What Happened that talked about yeah. it. That was really good. Now we think about that. Like, yeah, I mean, you can. I mean, that game never should have been as good as it is. Yeah. But it just lucked out me and Nintendo. I mean, I didn't have any problems with Conan as I played through it, but I can definitely like it could have used some more polish. There were a couple of times where I got stuck in things and like had to like jump to get out of it or just like he just wouldn't move and i would have to keep positioning until finally he would just get out of being stuck like that happened a couple times yeah i'll I'll get into like my issues later because it, it really like i felt that like it was it started very strong and then there's like some bits in the middle that are like actually like really cool and impressive and then like the last three levels i think is like this is where you ran out of time like because mm-hmm. it, it just it starts to like towards the end of the game 
like I, like you know for most of the game i i think it is it is a perfectly cromulent game pun intended <laughs> but the last few levels like it starts to feel like steam shovelware shit where it's like <laughs> oh nobody play tested this like there there is no I, I i cannot imagine a scenario where someone's like this last boss fight is fine this works <laughs> no that last that boss fight is trash yes <laughs> And in a game that had some pretty fun, pretty cool multi-stage boss fights, I gotta say. Yeah, I liked everything up to him. He was yeah. just too much, but I didn't really think about it. But yeah, you were definitely right where they just ran out of time and they were just like, well, it works, ship it. I mean, this is still the era when, you know, they could update things and update games and fix it. But it's like the very beginning of that era. Right. I feel like with 2007. Like, yeah, this didn't have trophies only... What's on that? PS3. There's no trophy support. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> what, trophies didn't get put in until, what, like 2009, maybe, maybe 2010? I think. I, I don't. I wasn't a PS3 gamer until later, and then it was really just the exclusives that I started with. Yeah. Like, you could see where the, achieve, where the trophies would have been, because you'd get, like, a little thing. Oh, you did this, and you get a little picture, which would have been an achievement, but there were no trophies, so nothing happened. I just started, I was just laughing at it. I'm like, eh, that's interesting. Yeah, because... <laughs> You know, I'm sure I'm sure that the 360 was the lead skew because, of course, yeah. it would have been at this time. Right. And since that stuff was already integrated, I can see on the PS3, they're like it's sort of like on when you play Switch games that are multi-ported. Right. It, it's like, oh, here here's this like in-game thing that they tell you that you did because Nintendo's <laughs> always <laughs> 10 years behind the times. But there you there you go. Feel. Yeah. 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 You did it. <laughs> but yeah. And, and th this this is one of those games where like, you know, it, it's it's. It's from an era that I remember that because I remember this time when people were starting to really complain about how short games were. And this game uh -huh. is only like, you know, you, you beat it around four something hours. I was like about five. And, you know, I had seen on how long to beat, you know, six to 11 if you want to get everything right. And I, this is one of those games where, like, I could see myself going back and, and trying to mop up a lot of the achievements other than the fact that, like, there's no way I'd want to play this on. I, I play this on easy just because I wanted to kind of blow through it for the well, show. Yeah, but like the right way. That ended up being like the right call because there there's certain things, especially later on with the behavior of the enemy AI, where it's like, oh, this would be like controller thrust frustrate, like controller throwingly <laughs> frustrating by the end because that dude there there's like an enemy that they, that they uh, introduced towards the end. It's it's a dual bladed dude that does this whirlwind attack, which is fine on its own. But when you're fighting three of them at the same time and they can just kind of do that at will, they can just stun lock you into oblivion. Oh, you uh, mean the, the giant statues? No, no, no. Just regular sized dudes. Like, oh, you're uh, talking in, about the little ghost guys, aren't you? No, no, no. They were like in the sand desert or like sand level. They're like human dudes, but like had, they had two weapons. I don't remember them very well. So they might yeah, not. They, I had a lot of problems with the ghost guys in the end. They, yeah, they, I had some problems with them as well, but uh, but it, my bigger my bigger problem towards the end was that they decided to turn this game into a platformer and also, like, just... I died uh -huh. far more from falling than I did to dying from enemy attacks. <laughs> I died once from enemy attacks. Most of my deaths, and the game didn't... I don't think the game kept track of them, or at least I, if it did, I didn't notice. Or all, like, dying from jumping, because mm -hmm. this is not a platformer. <laughs> no, no. God of War would fall into this this problem as well and that you know this game is very much inspired by god of war it's it's funny to think of like how because i was trying to look at the timeline because you know god of war comes out 2005 this is 2007 and it's like oh no this is still in the era where you could crank out a game in two years right yeah. like it, it's hard it's crazy to think about that and you know i think i think the game looks okay it, it's definitely of that 
360 era where it's, you know, a very boring muted color palette that I think doesn't do it any justice. And it's also funny to put it up against God of War 2 or God of War 2, which came out the same year for the PlayStation 2, which blows this game out of the water. Uh, (laughs) I've never played that game to this day still. Oh, that is my favorite God of War out of like the entire franchise by far. Just never gotten Um, around to it yet. Oh man, yeah. Like Someday. the the sense the sense of scale on that game, even by today's standards, is still like if you can play it, you know, and remember like what 2007 was like. It's like, damn, like they were doing this on a PlayStation Two in 2007. That is crazy. And but but you you can definitely see the similarities here and the inspirations. But it doesn't have that same crunchiness to the combat that God of War does. Like from from like moment one, like you press the you press the attack button once on the original God of War on PlayStation Two, and you're like, oh oh, that felt good. I like the way that felt. And Conan never really gets <laughs> quite there. Like like it it doesn't really have like a lot of feedback to stuff. And I I actually would have liked it to be a little gorier, you know, because like. I'm easily amused, Mike. Like, <laughs> no, I, no, I, I mean, that's that's what I think Conan is known for. Like, I've never read the yeah. comics. I've never read the books. I've seen I think I've seen the first Schwarzenegger movie, maybe the second one. I don't remember. I haven't seen them since I was a child. And then I, mm-hmm. I know I saw the Jason Momoa one. But I feel like Conan is just known to being a very bloody type fiction. Yeah. It, and, you know, some you know, sometimes I want like like, you know, something that challenges my mind and, and makes me think about things. Sometimes I want like a lot of action and gore and boobs, and that's what yeah. Conan is to me. And and you know this definitely delivers on that. But I, I think I would have liked more gore and more boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with that. Like sometimes I complain about it. Like it isn't like why are you having nudity in this game? But here it worked, and I'm assuming it, it has to do with just Conan in general. But again, I I don't know enough about him. I just remember when this game came out, there was I think there was a cover story in Game Informer where they talked about, like, Conan doesn't normally use magic. He's very against magic in his world mm-hmm. or something like that. I mean, because there is magic in this game that you get, but I I, I did, and which is all based on the equipment that you have to get very Metroid style, where he loses everything at the beginning of the game. <laughs> yeah, I did. I thought that was actually kind of neat. Uh, I, I like, you know, getting the, the armor pieces throughout the course of the adventure. I mean, I had, I had no problem with the gameplay, but then again, I also have never played God of War 2, God of War 3. I haven't played Bayonetta. Bayonetta. I haven't played so many games like action games that are well known for being, you know, stuff like this. This is usually a genre I don't I just don't mess with it very much. Or if I do, mm-hmm. it's older. So I think that for, for me, it you know, I didn't feel anything wrong with it because I haven't played anything where I'm like, oh, OK, this feels just like what I'm used to. Yeah. And, and I think it's stuck in the past. <laughs> well, and I think I think it's cool because like it starts off very simplistic and it's like, oh, OK, this is just going to be like almost like a like a dynasty warriors style button masher, right? Just like XXX your way through or square, 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 whichever controller you're on, you know, and to victory. But as you start to unlock moves and stuff like that, and I really like the way that he has basically like three different fighting styles. You have, you know, your one sword, you have a sword and shield and you have, or no, sorry, four. And then you have, you know, the two, the two bladed, like the dual wielding. And then you have like a great, great weapon fighting style. And they all have different moves. And I was surprised at the depth to the combat where, you know, as I started to play it and really like dig in there, I was like, okay, no, like I, you know, I've got strategies with these different weapon sets and move sets. And I kind of ended up gravitating towards sword and shield. Cause I thought it had more flexibility. The problem lies in the enemies themselves. My biggest issue is that they turtle up. They, they will just <laughs> like block to the live long day. And 
it turns it it almost turns it into like a like a turn based combat system where it's well, like they go and while you block and then you go while they block and then hopefully at some point you break their block and get through and especially tw- by the end of the game at least oh for me God. i definitely got into situations where it was like i don't i don't know I, I don't know what to do here like they're blocking every single attack and you know i think what they want you to do is like switch to a different weapon style or use a specific move that's going to break the block but that is a very that that's a lot to keep in your head when you have four different fighting styles and different enemies that will break to different moves. Yeah. So it in a certain way it's almost a little bit too com- complex for what it is, but on the other hand it's like I could I could see like I actually kind of want to go and and look for like speedrunners or whatever because I could see like people who are like really excellent at character action games just like breaking this thing wide open and doing some crazy shit. They skip a lot of enemies. That's what I did too, especially near the end. I just stopped fighting people. But also, yeah. like to, to kind of go on your point, like the way that you get the way that I got past shielded enemies most of the time is I threw shit at them. If I had an extra sword, I just throw the, I just keep throwing at the sword at them until I break their shield, right? Or break whatever they have. Um, that would one way I would do it. If you can throw barrels or anything, that will that breaks their guard every time and kills them. When I fought enemies, especially late in the game, that had a that would block constantly, I would either stone them or I would use I would find ways to get rid of them without the normal. Because I, you're right. It was so annoying just trying to wait until they were open. Yeah, I think I think that's also one of the like fatal flaws of the game is that you do have these cool like magic abilities that you gain throughout the game, but they start you off with the showstopper, which is the stone prison, because it only costs one charge of magic, and like by the end of the game, I had like six, and it do, it has like a nice like cone of effect in front of you, and it'll it'll turn almost every enemy to stone. So, like, yeah, I, w- I would save it for, like, the really annoying enemies, especially if I could group them up into a pack and, like, you know, get, like, four or five of them, like, in one shot and then just take mm-hmm. them out. Because, yeah, like, tw- by the end, you're fighting these, the, the guys that have shields, the, their shields also have spikes on them. So even if them. you, like, go to attack them when they when they block, like, you'll actually take damage and it gets, like, so annoying. And eventually what I started to do was there's a move with the sword and shield ability. So I would, like, I would, like, chunk... Like I would throw my my spare weapon or shield at at the enemy just to get rid of it, and then do the move. I think it's Thief of Bell or something like that, where you actually take their weapon or their shield. Oh. And so e- either way, it would reduce their ability, right? So if you take their weapon, you know they can't really do much other than block, and then eventually you'll just like break their shield, or you know you'll take the shield away, and then it's no problem at all. Huh, I never did that. I never like. I also did not use sword and shield at all. My go to combo in this game was a lot of either great sword or dual wielding. Mm-hmm. That was what I always tried to switch to because like the, the great sword I had a I had a square square triangle combo I picked up at some point that would ju- that would disarm people sometimes they shield it would knock away their shield or it would break through it. And I, right. I fell in love with that ability. And I kept using it. And I did find out in this game if you use the same ability too much it will get mad at you and tell you to stop doing that. Yes. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw oh. that or not, but it cracked me up. Well, yeah, well I th- I think it I my my feeling was that like once you would master it if you would do it like a, like right after you mastered it it would like kind of penalize you for a little bit but the thing about mastering a move is that it'll give you like health or or magic like on a kill but but i think you do have to mix it up a little bit but you the do. thing that i love and, and you know I'm, I'm just such a sucker for this in general with any video game is how many wrestling moves you get to pull off in this game <laughs> there's just something because like one of my one of my go-tos with sword and shield was that you would do like light attack and then heart attack. And he would do this like kind of elbow check that would daze them. 
And so even for enemies that were armored up, once they were dazed, you could then grapple them and do the, the pile driver, which is like usually instant death. And like, I never got tired of seeing that. It was just so satisfying. <laughs> I didn't do Something a lot of the rest Conan of Conan doing I, a suplex. I didn't like, I don't like grapple moves in video games in general. And that's just a me thing in games. Yeah. I just tend not to use them in any, almost any game I play for. I don't really have a good reason to why I do that. I just do. Yeah, I, I'm probably just a bigger wrestling fan than you are. Like, like I'm, I'm oh, that dude are. when I'm when I'm playing Saints Row <laughs> the Third, where it's like I haven't DDT'd anybody in a while. Let me just run up to this pedestrian and DDT them. <laughs> <laughs> well, my other issue is later on, some enemies you couldn't grapple; they would like counter you if you tried to grapple them. Right, but and that, that's where that elbow move comes into play because it oh, would yeah, daze I them think, okay. and open them up to the grapples. See, I would do the elbow move, but then I would just kill them other ways. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I, I when if you use the great sword a lot, like I did, you also behead people constantly, which is really there cool. is that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just it was able to break a lot of combos, and I just think it's cool that we played the game completely different. Like I never did sword and shield. If I had a shield, I would hold it, and usually I would just throw it because I just didn't want it. Right. <laughs> yeah, just, and, and my you know my thing because like so I love you know even though I'm not versed in in Conan and its <laughs> lore. I love barbarian shit, right? So like the barbarian is my favorite class on, on Diablo three. Like I'm, I'm, I am a grognard melee guy in most RPGs that I play to the point that like, it actually makes certain games like Baldur's Gate three, a little bit boring for me when I, when <laughs> I'm make you know, playing just like a, like a bonk you on the head fighter type character, because there's so many other things that are cooler that you can do, but I love that shit. And, and yeah, I, for me, it was actually rankling me. Cause I was like, oh man, sword and shield is actually like the most useful thing. But like, <laughs> I want to just like have this great sword and be like lugging that thing around the whole time. Cause I'm Conan. God damn it. He does look really cool when you have a great sword, by the way, like he, he just looks awesome with it. Yes. It, it's very and, fitting of him when he has a giant great sword in his hand and you're just cleaving people's heads off. Like it's really fitting. Yeah. Like ev even though I would say like the, the graphics aren't really up to like snuff for like the 360 and ps3 by 2007 yeah. like i i do like the the general like look of the character models and i know that they had tried to evoke like frank frazetta's art in in the aesthetic they don't get quite there but i think that was also kind of ambitious for the time this is the type of thing that i would love to see somebody take another stab at like i would love to see like like a really polished like not necessarily open world right but but like a really <laughs> polished like modern conan action game that's not trying to be a survival game that's not trying to be an mmo you know yeah. just like a really excellent bloody you know over the top action game because I, I i think there, there's something here like there's there's something that speaks to me about conan and you know I, i've always wanted to read the books i actually do have a collection of some of the like i think it's like a collection of like three conan stories in one volume that it's on my shelf and i keep meaning to read it and i'd wanted to read it before we did this podcast but i ran out of time but that, that's definitely on the list because I there's there's something there for me. I, I just I just need to dig into it some more. I mean, there's also I think there's current Conan comics with Marvel, I think, if I'm right. Most likely he, he's kind of stayed in circulation pretty much our entire lives. Yeah, he's he's been a, I mean, he's been in comics since 1970. I know. Yeah. Marvel Comics has him now. Dark Horse had him from 2003 to 2018. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think actually when Marvel got him back, like they they made him like part of the Marvel like universe. Like he was actually I think yeah. on an Avengers team for a bit, <laughs> <laughs> which to me makes no absolutely no sense. But uh, it's yeah whatever <laughs> it's comics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no he's still yeah there are current comics of him coming out all the time miniseries and stuff. So yeah he's still very much 
in play now that Marvel has him. Yeah. Which makes me happy. Because, I mean, again, I don't know much about Conan. He's not. But he looks cool. Like, I mean, that Frank Rosetta art, I've seen it, you know, over years. I'm like, that is always so damn cool. It just looks, I mean, that's what Conan's mostly known for, that art. (laughs) I feel like everyone knows that art. Yeah, you know, there's something very, very heavy metal about Conan, right? And Mm -hmm. and that will always be the case. And, and there, you know, there's something about, like, you know, a really muscular dude with long black hair with a badass-looking sword or axe with, like, a really hot lady, like, you know, by his side. And, and, you know, probably with a throne of skulls somewhere in the picture (laughs) that's just always going to look awesome. (laughs) One thing that I thought was cool in the battle, especially if you fight later enemies, you can, like, knock off pieces of their armor, too. Like, you knock Mm -hmm. off their helmet, or you knock off their chest piece, or you break their weapon. (laughs) Yeah, like like I said, there's there's good ideas here. Sometimes great ideas, you know. I... Again, I, th- I think for me, a lot of it is, is like the actual behavior of the enemies would get like they, they would become like more annoying to fight than fun to fight. Like if I if because a lot of things, you know, I, I will when I'm playing games, if, if I'm getting frustrated, I'll kind of talk to the developers. I'll be like, this isn't fun, guys. Like, I don't know why you guys <laughs> thought this was fun. And I, I definitely was saying that a lot, like, you know, in the last like you oh, know, God, quarter yes. of the game. But I was having a blast, you know, for those first three quarters, for sure. I wasn't annoyed until really close to the end that's when it, it got me right at the last area when i was like okay this game needs to end like yeah other than that i was having i wasn't really bored did you ever cleave anybody in half with a with a great sword oh yeah yeah okay <laughs> that was so much fun there yeah there's there's and that's the thing is I, I guess i was kind of hoping that there would be more like so the way that like the really gory stuff happens is you have to like parry an attack and then hit the button yeah and the parry window is pretty generous the problem is is that the window to follow up the attack is not generous whatsoever. So like a lot of times I would parry an attack, but then miss the prompt. And, and I would, oh, see, and the buttons change. Cause this yeah. is QTE time is what it is. It's like that era when they were like, let's put QTEs in everything and they don't have to make sense. Yeah. And for the record, I actually really love QTEs. I've, I've been on board with them ever since God of War. Well, actually since, since Shenmue, <laughs> but they, ha- but the thing is, is that like a lot, so God of War, I think really popularized them, even though they weren't the first game to do them, but they really kind of, cause they made it work. Like the, it, they make, there's a certain logic to the way the QTEs work in God of War where Conan does not understand the way that they work. And like, it's very willy nilly. And sometimes like the prompts come up like way too quickly or whatever, like, and this was especially true on the final boss where <laughs> you would, you would like drop his health down to zero, which would start a QTE. But one time I was in the middle of a combo and I did that and I missed the first button press of the QTE, which then had and resulted in me taking damage and the boss getting half of his health back. Yep. And I was like, that is not OK. That is I did that two or three times because I just kept I didn't realize it was a QTE because I kept hitting the button. And then yeah. I was like, oh, there's a QTE here. I need to just stop what I'm doing when I get close and just wait. Yeah. And, and there's yeah, really no, it, no logic to, like, some of the, like, in-world QTEs. Like, a lot of the ones where you're, like, having to, like, knock over statues or push things. It's like, all right, why why is this input different than the last one? And, you know, it, it there's just there's just a... They just felt like, well, we just you have to you just have to press buttons, right? You just, we just need to have you press <laughs> buttons. And it's like, no, there has to be a certain, like, rhythm to it. And, you know, there, there are definitely some parts where it's like, I don't actually feel like these button presses are actually like affecting anything on the screen where, you know, again, going back to God of War, it's like, you can actually see what those QTE button presses do to to the enemies. And almost all of the time, like they correspond to the action that's happening. So like, it feels good, you know? 
Yeah, and like, because like in God of War, you're not pressing like the jump button to do an attack <laughs> during a QTE, right? Yeah. Because like jump isn't an attack. Where here it's like, no, you just, it, it, Simon says, just press, just just do what we tell you to do on the screen. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that's really all it was. My favorite was whenever you jump and you had to like climb up a rock and you oh. had to tap B. And the way his arms looked, I was like, someone did not finish their job here because he that looks animation like a is monkey. Embarrassing. It was terrible. He's like. I mean, you. It was it was the one of the worst things I've ever seen in a video game, and it made me just crack up every time because he just flails his arms as he climbs. I'm like, this is god awful! Like, you really yes. did not have to do this. It it makes him look so lame. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it every time I had to do it. I'm like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I also couldn't get the. I never got the. I was never really good at doing the parries either. I I tried to, and it would happen once in a great while, but. I stopped trying. I would just murder things other ways. Yeah, I there were times when I could get it to work on purpose, but, you know, and, and it would definitely help to thin out the herd with, like, those groups of enemies that were just, like, turtling up too much. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the other problem that I had with the parry, oh, and, and I didn't get to finish my thought about the gory stuff. So the gory oh, stuff really <laughs> happens off of a parry. That's when you get to see the really cool shit. Yeah. Where I wish that there was more of that just as, like, you know, like a, like an, like an execution move or something like that. But... As it is, like, you're really only going to see that stuff off of a parry. But the other thing is that you can't control what move you want to do off of a parry. And there is, like, this, like, you know, there's a move mastery system in Conan where it's, like, you know, you might want to be mastering this particular, like, parry kill, but you didn't get the prompt for it. And, you know, it's like, but maybe I wanted to do that one instead. Maybe I think this one looks cooler. But you, it's just whatever it decides to give you when you hit the parry is what you get to do. Like you said earlier, it needed another you know, a year in the oven like it should have had. Yes. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can I only imagine what, game. you know, a fully polished Conan game would have been like. I'm assuming this game must, I don't, this game must have not sold well, but I did see it for years and years in game in GameStop, so. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it's hard to say. And like, it, it didn't come from like a really like well-established developer. They made Marvel's Rise of the Imperfect, <laughs> you know, before this. So, you know. That, by the way. I, I, I didn't either. I, I I don't hate myself that much. I heard nothing but terrible things about it, but yeah, yeah. never touched it. And I think this might have been their last game, actually. Uh, they, you know, made, it's a shame. They made a couple. They made Zombie oh, Apocalypse, they? which I was a downloadable game. They made PlayStation Move Heroes, Resistant Burning Skies, a Vita game, and Call of Duty Black Ops Declassified, also a Vita game. And that was and they were done in 2012. Okay, so this, this, this is basically their last like real game because that yeah. other stuff sounds just like you know mercenary work to just try to keep the, the lights on. Oh yeah, for sure. That's 100 yeah. percent what it was. This was like the probably their last like real pitch of you know can we do something and then did not work out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know it's a shame because again, I th- I think there there's stuff here to like, and and one thing that I hope that like the listeners of your show, you know, over the years of listening to your show, you know, get is that like sometimes go you know go check out a six or a seven, right? Like I think I think so many people these days like, and you know, partially it's because there's so many great games that come out every year, but it's like <laughs> yeah. you know you get like my thing is like when I see people talking about like a like a objectively excellent game, they're like, oh, this game is trash, and it's like. You haven't played a bad game, have you? Like you haven't played like a really <laughs> bad game before. Uh, and this is not a really bad game, but like you know, some I I am such a champion of, of games of this caliber, right? Especially on the 360 generation. Like man, I've got such fond memories of shit like Golden Axe Beast Rider and <laughs> Eat Lead starring Matt Hazard and That's Bullet a good Witch. Game. Eat oh yeah, man, really good. Eat Lead's awesome. Like I that is that is on my short list of games I would love to resurrect. <laughs> Oh, that, I, I played that game twice back in the day. That, that is a fun game. But yeah. you know, I'm with you. I like the 360 had such fun, just weird shit that came out during that time. 
Mm -hmm. And this game fits right in there where it's something that, you know, a lot of people probably play just for achievements. Like, okay, I can play through it, get some achievements, you know, you beat it in a rental period back when that was a thing, you know? So, Mm -hmm. like, I I mostly had a good time with this game. I was surprised when I first started playing it a couple days ago, and I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty fun. I did not like the first boss fight against the, just the big barbarian. That was where I, I felt like I had some issues, but other than that, like, I mostly was all right with the game. Like, that was the only time where I was, like, annoyed. Yeah, you fight him twice, and both fights are pretty annoying. But then, but then, like, you know, the uh, the Sand Dragon fight is, like, That's really cool. cool. And it, and it kind of comes close to God of War levels of, like, spectacle. The, uh, the um, elephant skeleton boss is a really cool fight that I really enjoyed. That uh, was too. I mean, the game had some really cool moments. I mean, I wasn't bored. I mean, also, like, it did one of the things that I need a game to do where as you kill people, you get experience and you use experience to buy, like, different combos. I mean, some mm-hmm. I would probably never even use, but I'm like, oh, cool, I'll just buy this, buy this, buy this, and you get more. And it was just fun like that. Yeah, they did a really good job of turning, you know, what what I understand to be like, because my understanding of Conan is, like, he's pretty much a mostly naked dude with a short sword that gets the job done with whatever we're here. It's like, Oh no, now we've got like different pieces of armor that have like spells attached to them. Like they were introducing new mechanics, like throughout the entire game, which was pretty impressive. I mean, I, I, I felt like I was changing a lot. Like I wasn't bored. I mean, I had to get different weapons. I would get different combos. I would just pull off randomly. I'd master combos, which would then get, if you pull off the combo, you get a health back. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, one thing I noticed that I was never really, like, dying, because if I started to get really low on health in the game, like, hey, we see you're dying, here's some health pickups all of a sudden. Like, enemies will just start dropping health. Yeah, and, and for me, you know, like, I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm getting close to death, let me let me bust out some pile drivers, because I know that's going to give me some health. <laughs> and also, I will say that, like, the game is really good about checkpointing, and also, yes. like, good about having health pickups, like, the actual, like, dedicated, like, health around around the levels and stuff like that, so... It's a pretty well-balanced game, again, right up until the very end. But thankfully, very, you know, thanks to very generous checkpointing, like, it's not a problem. Because, like, if I'd had to, like, do that last boss fight from the start every time, I wouldn't have finished it, Mike. I would would, would have been like, my my journey ends here. (laughs) Oh, there's no way I would have been able to do that six-phase fight, which we'll go into detail a little bit later. There's no way in hell I would have been able to do that. Yeah, if they didn't checkpoint after each phase. Yeah, no way. Like that. That was like Ratchet and Clank one level bullshit to me. I don't <laughs> like Ratchet and Clank one. By the way, <laughs> that final boss fight is just. I remember doing it with save state. I remember like thinking, how the fuck would I do this without save state? Because it just does not end. So, and there are no checkpoints. There is one thing that I, I did laugh about this game is that a couple times the game Conan has to punch rocks, and I was thinking, you know what? It makes much more sense for Conan to punch rocks than it does for Chris Redfield. <laughs> sure. Way more sense. <laughs> Like, I didn't question. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's pushing a rock. Like, it makes sense. When when Chris punched a rock, I was like, eh, this doesn't really make sense here. Yeah, like, I'm not sure if Conan's <laughs> supposed to have, like, you know, strength above, like, you're, like a normal mortal man. But I was like, eh, you know what? It's I'm fine. Like, this, this makes sense to me. Sure. He's, he's yeah, got Thor's strength. Me. Yeah. Yeah, he pushes off pillars. He, he it, none of it bothered me because it, to me, it all fits the character. I mean, I don't know enough about Conan, but. It, it fit for me. I'm like, I have no questioning, no issue. Like, this works. This is cool. Yeah. The sense that I get is that Conan is able to do whatever Conan needs to be able to do for that <laughs> particular situation. <laughs> and to kind of go back to what you're saying earlier, when you rescue the women, like, it gives you experience points, too. But it always amused me every single time I would find a random woman or something. I wouldn't notice them. And I'd hear, please help me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's somebody around here. <laughs> I'd go find them. And it, it amused me every single time. It just did. It was just like, this is cool. 
These are just yeah. amusing. Yeah, I, fun. you know, again, not knowing much about the character, like, you know, I, I feel like I learned a lot when he meets Akana for the first time. And she says, like, well, would would you serve a woman? And he's like, service a woman. I and gladly. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, all right. Yeah, I, I, I think I get who Conan is. <laughs> I love that was so good. That was so funny, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, like I, I do like the, the facial animations because like he, he would often get th- this like kind of like really wolfish lustful grin sometimes there's like like a really funny part towards the end where you and akana are looking for someone and you find this like naked woman on a bed you know telling you that like all the men are gone and conan just gets this grin looking at her and akana's like <laughs> staring at him like what the fuck dude <laughs> <laughs> but i think that all fits conan i mean as himself i again i don't know much but i feel like that's got it that fits the character yeah I mean, even just looking at the old posters that you've seen for, like, the Conan movie, for example. You look at the Conan with Arnold Schwarzenegger, the cover has, a you know, a half-naked woman right next to him on his leg. Like, you know, and you look at some of those old prints that from Frank, gosh, I forgot his name. Uh, Frank Frazetta. Also, yes. Boris Vallejo would do, like, a lot of, like, Conan-type stuff as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. actually curious now to maybe read some Conan Marvel comics, the new stuff. Yeah, I, I would like to check that out. I don't know if and I And, you know, like, I think it's fair, like, look, obviously, like, Conan is a character that comes from a certain age, right? Like <laughs> yes. he comes from the pulp era and, and there there's it. It's very much like a, like a traditional male fantasy, right? Where we, where we get that phrase, but I think, but I think there's still room for that. Like it, it's, you know, when you understand what it is, right. It's like, no, this isn't, this isn't, you know, this isn't, this doesn't fit into our modern society. Right. But like, sometimes you just want something that's like dumb and puerile and, and, you know, like fires off certain parts of your brain. It, 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 this exists in like the same part of my brain where I'm like super excited for bad CGI Gator, the movie, <laughs> like, so, like there's a part of me that just craves trash and I'm not saying that Conan mm-hmm. is trash, right? Like I'm, I'm sure that there's like some really excellent stuff in there over the years, but you know, it, it is, it is very much like a very immature, like, oh yes, you know, type, type of entertainment that, that again, I'm, I'm cool with in, in like in doses, right? I wouldn't want this all the time, but sometimes it's like. I was actually talking about this to a friend like recently because I was like, man, I kind of miss the days of like just gratuitous nudity in movies. Like you don't really <laughs> see that anymore. And like sometimes, sometimes like you know, then the movie wasn't that great, but man, you know, there there were some reasons to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the character was originally from 1932 as its first appearance. Yeah, I thought it was around that time. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a, I mean, old ass character. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, he he would have been like an inspiration to you know like. Not inspiration, but but like he would have been the precursor to authors, you know, like like the the big science fiction authors, right? Like Asimov and and Heinlein and and stuff yeah. like that. Like he was like right before them. Not saying that they probably, I don't think they really took anything from his work, but you know, just just like I can imagine them like growing up reading this, right? Because like you know, and he he kind of does sit like next to like John Carter of Mars from Edgar Rice Burroughs, which was, which would, would have been like, you know, probably 10, 15 years before that. That's so, a good movie. <laughs> it, it, I liked it when I saw it in theaters, but I know. Yeah. I can't, I can't divorce it from the books and it was oh, so okay. not what I was wanting as a, as a fan of the books that I was just like, Oh man, look what you that did to sense. my boy. <laughs> I've never read the books. I just, I, I went and saw the movie randomly and I'm like, Oh, this is entertaining. Yeah, I, I think I think if I hadn't read the books, I would have been totally fine with it. Like, it, it's a perfect, you know, perfectly serviceable, you know, at sci-fi fantasy romp. But I think going into it with expectations of, and having growing, grown up loving those books, I was like, oh, man. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> 
I also did not like fighting the lions in this game that much until I got the hang of like the trick to them where you just hit them and then you immediately block because they're going to counter you. Yeah, they're they're animate again. There's a lot of enemies in here that that will stun lock you yes. with their attacks in really annoying. Like the apes also will do this really like. Mm, yeah, I keep cutting myself off because I keep remembering like bullshit <laughs> because there's a lot. There's enemies in this game where if it wasn't for the fact that video games are video games. <laughs> they could just beat you because like they, they, if they just did the same move over and over and over again and didn't like change up their tactic, they'd win Be- because there's just certain things that you just you just have nothing that you can do about. Yeah, you um, need that. They really needed that extra year just to finish polishing it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some I, of the stuff. It feels like like it, it needed more playtesting and, and also more balancing and, and, you know, make the enemies like do things more than just like, you know, swipe, 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 block. And then just like, like, you know, block, 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 block. <laughs> And then, and then instantly, like, swipe, 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 swipe. like, like, uh, yeah, it, mm. Oh, for the record, you can skip tons and tons of enemies in this game. So I've been watching yeah, speedrun speed while we're talking. He skips, like, everybody. He does not fight very much. I can see that, because, you know, it, it it's a very much like a segment, like, it's level-based, and then it's also yep. the, the segmented in, within those levels. And I do have to say, like, I'm, I miss the days of level-based game design. I played Evil West last year, which is... Again, just one of those like really it's a really great B game that that is a very much a throwback to this generation, this era of, of action games where it, it everything is level based. Right. Like, you know, get try to find all the collectibles on the first time through. If not, like there's a new game plus waiting for you. It's got a dumb story with like a, you know, real like manly man protagonist that's really <laughs> gruff and, you know, stuff. But it's really fun and, and it's really dumb also. And. I, I really enjoyed it for that. I, 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 not everything has to be open world, guys. I wish they knew that. I'm, I'm not a big open world guy. I mean, I have played a bunch in the last like two months, but other than that, I'm, I'm not. It's not my thing. I, I enjoyed like I was really happy to have this game in the schedule because like next next week is a much bigger game, and this was something that I was able to play quickly and just and not have to explore a giant world and have my weapons yes. break. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was just I'm much okay, easier. Yeah. Like this is nice. Oh, and that yeah, sand dragon, no like. That, you were right. That is like a God of War type boss fight where it just keeps going and you just keep fighting him as he. I really did enjoy that fight. Yeah. And the and the 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 payoff to it is so great. Like, you know, because you you're going further and further up, like, you know, the the city walls of, of this area and he's following you. And then you like hit his his fall literally is like so good. <laughs> it did a good job. I was like, this is impressive. Like, this is really cool. And. I love the 360 area. I think 360 is when I fell in love with video games way more because it just that's when games got a lot more accessible too. like where you had a lot mm-hmm. more difficulty settings. You you had a, they made games where they're like, we want most people to beat our games as long as you try. Like you will get through the game. We will have enough checkpoints. We will have enough difficulty setting. We won't beat you up in our rental period. We'll let you get through the game. And I think that's right. why I fell in love with gaming at this point, personally. And yeah, this, it, this the, game's full the 360, of that. The 360 remains one of my all-time favorite consoles, and, and a big part of that is the library. And I think another part of that is just, you know, me having the disposable income at the time to buy the games that I wanted to buy, like, when they came out for the most part. And then also, you know, game. this is around the time when games would start to drop in price very quickly if they didn't mm-hmm. sell. So you could you could always find, like, really excellent games for you know 20 30 bucks without fail and, and then eventually like as the generation went on it's like eh, you can find really excellent games for five or ten bucks you know <laughs> used so <laughs> i mean and gamestop was in their heyday you had buy to get one free sales all the yep. time like every couple months yeah pretty sure with this one too was a, was a case where i walked in and they just had a bin of games that are all 
buy two get one free under fifteen dollars, and I just started picking out games. And God, I miss those days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those days are long gone, though. That's why I'm a digital gamer now for the most part. So same. Yeah. Well, and, and also on. like with the modern consoles, they've kind of taken so much of the fun out of buying the physical games that it's it's usually not even worth it. Uh, or in, or in some cases, like. You know, they're not even getting physical releases anymore. Like uh, Alan Wake 2 didn't get a physical release. Yep. Baldur's Gate 3 was not going to get a physical release until it sold bajillions of copies. They're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll go ahead and release it on disc also. We'll get we'll get the, the physical money, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all for the Sand Dragon. It took me a really long time to figure out I had to punch those two different blocks. I just kept fighting him and wondering why his health kept coming back. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> at a certain point, I was like, oh, I'm there's a, there's more. I can climb here. OK. And, and I think. That might be one complaint that I have about the game overall is that it's not great about signposting. Like there were certain places where I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to climb here. Oh, that that doesn't look like something I'm supposed to climb on. Or in I think on the I think it was the last level or the next to last level, I got stuck and I'm like, all right, clearly you want me to throw this boulder at something, but I don't see anything to throw this boulder at, guys. And then I had to look it up. It's like, oh, there was this wall off to the side that's not highlighted in any way. It's it's really hard to tell that it's like just not part of the scenery. Uh oh, I know and that that's where you have to, you know, break through. And it's like, oh, okay. Like maybe, maybe swing the camera around just a little bit, something, something. <laughs> I found that out completely by accident. Cause I was just throwing rocks, just to throw rocks. <laughs> and I just hit a wall and I'm like, oh, cool. And I just went through there and went, continue on the game and no issue. And I wasn't, I was just messing around. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I can a... see that being difficult to figure out without it. It doesn't notify you. Yeah. There, there was a real fun part where like, I think you're fighting apes, but, but like the roof caves in and the end, like they give you like, six or seven boulders all at the same time. And it's like, all right, my course is clear. I'm just like chucking boulders <laughs> at all of them until they're all dead. <laughs> that was fun. I, I enjoyed throwing rocks at people. I, I like the fact that in this game, you also light stuff on fire sometimes. I thought that was cool that they added that in. Yeah, there, there's, there's these parts where there are these like warrior villages or warrior huts where they'll just keep like mm-hmm. almost like a, like a clown car style, just keep coming out of the huts until you burn them down. And and that was actually kind of fun where I'll just like run around with the torch before I would even engage in the fight and just be like, fuck your homes and just start burning everything <laughs> <Same>. down. <laughs> once I once I figure out that's what the game was doing, I stopped. I would not fight a single guy until I burned all the tents. So I'm like, what's the yes. point? They're just gonna come back. So yeah. Another thing I thought was interesting, which I've never seen in a game before, when you get shot with arrows in this game, you gotta pull it out of your body. I thought that mm-hmm. was interesting. Yeah. And very, I've never had that in a video in a action game I can think of that I played that's done that. It's probably happened in one. I mm, I, I feel like I Ghost of Tsushima might have had a thing like that, but I'm not. I don't. I'm not quite sure. But here it just feels like so Conan, right? Dude's yeah. not wearing armor or anything like that. He's just like, yeah, like I don't care if you shot me with an arrow. I'm just gonna pull this out and keep on moving. And it's like that is so cool. <laughs> I mean, you really have to later in the game because then you get the explosive arrow guys too. Yes. And if you don't pull it out, you blow up. <laughs> so. <laughs> I remember I found that out the hard way. I'm like, I'll get to it later. And then boom. I'm like, yeah, we ain't doing that again. That yeah. Hurts. Oh, I'm just watching like as I'm watching speedrun. God, you can skip so much content. I believe it. just skipping enemies after enemies. Like I killed everybody just about to the end of the game because I wanted experience and I was having fun. Like I was just having a blast just killing enemies. Like this was a really fun put a podcast on type game and just play. Yeah. I will say that some of the encounters later on, and I guess, you know, it didn't really occur to me that you could like move on and, and skip parts of it. But some of it was it would, it would be like, oh, OK, there's there's more enemies, you know, like they would, they would kind of just keep coming at certain points in the game. And I, I, I will say that, like, you know, another complaint that I have, and th- this is definitely, a you know, probably a product of, of its truncated uh, development time is there isn't a lot of enemy variety. 
and I was even though it's a short game, like after the first couple hours, I was already getting tired of fighting like the regular enemies for the most part. And they do they do start to change it up later on. But, you know, again, I, I, I think if, if there were more enemy, enemy variety or if the enemy enemy behavior was was more engaging, that would have gone a long way to making what was what's already like really fun combat, like taking it to that next level of being like, oh, no, this is something that like, you know, really should have been recommended to more people. We're here. It's like I can totally understand why it, you know, did whatever numbers it did and didn't really like make a splash is like, especially in the same year that God of War two comes out. It's like, you you know, yeah, you're looking at like a, a next gen game and a last gen game. And the last gen game is mopping the floor with the next gen game. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that that's a bummer. <laughs> well, but I guess they were still kind of learning the system in 2007, weren't they, for the 360? I mean, yeah, I would. I feel that like it was definitely like 2006 with Gears of War where everybody was like, okay, oh. no, now, now the next generation is here. Now we know, know what these systems can do. Right. And this would have been in development, you know, before Gears of War came out. So, you know, they were probably operating on, you know, not really knowing even what the 360 was capable of and stuff like that. So I can totally see a scenario where, you know, they, they just were kind of almost, they, for all we know, they might have been aiming for PlayStation 2, right? And, yeah, then, and then got pushed. Yeah. <laughs> I could have seen this running on PS2, like a little bit different, but yeah, you could see that. Yes, for sure. I mean, it's probably in development for a couple of years anyway, so yeah, wouldn't be yeah, surprised. Yeah, because from what I saw, like like God of War came out in 2005, and then this was, and it was their inspiration for this game. And, and so they made it in like the two years, you know, following that, which is, again, pretty impressive when you consider you know, the games are now on average taking five to six years a pop, you know, where, you know, you, you used to get like three games from the same series in one console generation. And now you're getting one. Yeah, I'm hoping that changes eventually. Like they just we get less triple A's and more just smaller things. For me, I, I I don't know. I To me, I think it's just that, that I feel that there has to be like a breaking point where the technology gets easier to use to where. That they're still able to make triple A quality games, but but they're just able to do them in a faster time frame. I, I feel yeah. that like, and again, I'm not a developer, obviously, <laughs> but you know, just looking at, at what Unreal Engine Five is purported to do, it seems to me that like there's a lot of stuff in place there that should make things easier for developers to hopefully, you know, take a lot of that like grind and and grunt work out of the the day to day work and and you know help them get stuff up to speed more quickly but you know who's to say like it, it you know games are getting more expensive to make still and um you know i and i do i do miss you know the middle ground right again i i, I love i love b games I, I love you know games that score sixes and sevens uh i do too yeah i mean that's that's what this is i mean this yeah. is most for the most part a competent game you know yes the enemies do get you know kind of boring after a while i didn't really notice it if the game was too short I mean, and they went from more barbarian style warriors to eventually guys with armor and then and mon- and some monsters. So it didn't it didn't bother me, but I can definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah. And also, after the last few games I played for this show, I I was like, I was so happy to have something easy and short and where I just get to kill things. You don't have to worry about anything. So that was also played a big part in me enjoying my enjoyment. Yeah, for sure. And even even, you know, for me, like. I was never complaining about the the shortness of games. I this was around the time when I was playing so many games that I would appreciate a short game, right? Like I remember specifically picking up Enslaved Journey to the West because I heard that it was like a seven hour game, and game. and it looked cool, and I was like, that sounds right up my alley. And I bought it, and I played it, and I beat it very quickly. And I was like, that was that was perfect. That was exactly what I wanted. 
I feel like as now as a as a community when it comes to gamers, we accepted shorter games and don't throw a fit for the most part. But oh, that wasn't the era. No. Oh, it's I, not I that way? No, I think it I think it's the opposite. I, I I routinely see people like trying to decide if a game, you know, if a game like I'm I'm trying to think, like a game like Death Stranding, right? Like like, you know, is is worth, you know, like twenty dollars on sale, right? Like, is it worth it? And it's like that game is like so long, guys. Yeah, like, well, how is that um, not worth like, it? And, and that's the thing is, is that like it, it's caused developers to make their games longer and longer because that's what people that's what you know people complain if games aren't long enough these days. How's that went like, away finally? No, I don't no, pay attention that, that, to that, people. No, it, it it's still very much a thing with 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 your average consumer. Even <sighs> though even though your average consumer doesn't finish their games, it's a really weird catch twenty two. And I'm I'm you know I'm at the point where it's like I I don't I'm so sick of like games that are like you know that pass like the 60 hour mark and like you know yeah. for for my show it's like you know we try to we try to say well it's not like a mandate it's more of that I'm, I'm trying to keep up with my co-host who plays everything like in, and finishes it in a week because he's a time lord but you know we stay pretty current and like we were looking at next year and there's like in the first quarter alone i think there's like five like 60 to 100 hour games that we want to play all That's just in the first much. quarter <laughs> That is just too much. I mean, I I have played a few big games recently. I played Gotham Knights. I played next week's game, which I'll talk about at the end of this. Like, I played a few bigger games, and like I just went through them faster and didn't mm-hmm. do everything the game had to offer. Yeah, sometimes that's, that's what you got to do. Um, well, I, I I'm I have a rule with open world games. I will do stuff to a point. Like, I will do all the side content that opens up, and as soon as I get to the point where I'm like, "Fuck this," then I just do straight story, and that's it. So I, I always screw yeah. around with all the side stuff first. Until I get to that point, because it always comes eventually. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like, my rule of thumb with game. But I don't, I mean, who the hell is doing everything in, a, in an open world game? I mean, it's got to be a very, I mean, compared to the achievements, it's a very small amount of people. So why are you bitching? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, it's a, it's a weird mentality to me. Now, for me, it depends on how much fun I'm having with a game, right? So like, I got every trophy on Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, because I just, I had so much fun playing that game. And the systems in there were just a, a blast. I got the platinum on horizon for zero dawn because i just loved everything about that game but then come to uh, horizon forbidden west and i was like this is too much game i can't i i can't do all this stuff so at a certain point i was like i just i just need to beeline it through the story i need to see how this ends because i I was really invested in the story but there was just like way too much that you could do outside of the story but then you know then flash forward to just like a month ago and i'm like I got the platinum for Spider-Man two. Cause I like <laughs> never got tired of doing all the Spider-Man two shit. Cause it's really fun to do Spider-Man two shit. <laughs> I just started playing that a couple days ago or Christmas. Cause my, my wife surprised me and bought me a PS five. Nice. And I, so I, I wasn't expecting that at all. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So I started playing Spider-Man two after I waited a day for it to install. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I just did the first part, the Sandman part. And then I'm like, I need, I'll get back to this later. Yeah. I've been busy. <laughs> Cause I had to play <laughs> this and the other game I was playing. For the show, and I was like, "Well, I'll get to it." Yeah, but no, Spider-Man Two looks really cool. I, I can, I, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes games and, just grab you where you just want to do open world stuff. But as long as it's optional, I don't mind. You want to make your game a hundred hours optional? Shit, go right ahead. Will I touch it? Absolutely not. But I'm happy it's there. Like for those people yeah. that want it. the the issue for me comes in, in places of games that are that are excellent, but they're a hundred hours without doing optional stuff. Like that's Persona an issue for five. Me too. Yeah, like. You know, Persona Five is gonna it, like no matter what you do, like even if you don't, you know, if you're not trying to do everything, it's still it's just a slow game, right? It's it's gonna take you a long time. It's gr- it's a great game. It's got like one of my favorite RPG stories and possibly my favorite RPG cast, but it's a lot. <laughs> 
I get that. I'm actually going to replay Persona 4 hopefully next year for this show. I played it once, but I'll be on my Steam Deck, so I it won't be as hard to get through. Uh-huh. That yeah. monster of a game. Yeah. That's been- I'm, I'm really excited for uh, Persona 3 Reloaded because I, I Persona oh, yeah. 5 was my first one. So now I want to go back and, and play, you know, the well, you know, the other ones. I, I, I mean, I did play Persona 1 on the PS1, but like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> I'm sure it's not good. I've never touched that. I've only played Persona 4 of that series of any of them, SMT or any, any of that stuff. I've never touched that yeah. really. Even though I bought yeah, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne the day it came out at EB Games, I picked it up. So I've so never played it, but it's over there on my shelf for PS2. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Someday. one day I'll play it. <laughs> yeah. I highly doubt it. But then it did get re-released too, and I and I, I think I was eyeing it again. I'm like, hmm, I'll buy it again. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, that, that's a real slippery slope is, is, is when you buy a game when it comes out, thinking you're going to get to it, and you never get to it. And then you buy like the remake or remaster of it when it comes out that you're going to get to that. And then you never get to that. <laughs> I don't buy it. I mean, I'll buy it at like a deep sale. That's my rule of thumb. Yeah. Like I was like one thing about this game that really kind of because it's a licensed game. So we're never going to like this never came on PC, which made me sad. I would love to have downloaded some PC for a couple bucks and played on my Steam Deck. Right. But that wasn't an option. I had to I actually had to hook up my PS3 and play it on PS3. And that was a little annoying for me personally. <laughs> just because of my setup. Steam Deck is so easy to just take with me wherever I go. You know, if I got to take my wife somewhere, I just bring it with me. I can go play. If I'm, you know, things are slow, I can just, ha- it's always there. And it just, it makes life so much easier for, this, yeah. for a podcaster that beats games in a, in a week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to talk a little about that elephant boss. That one kind of surprised me too. I thought that was, that kind of felt like a, got a war boss too. We fight a giant elephant demon skeleton. Like that was cool. Yes. I, and I guess I, the people I, are worshiping the elephant God or something is what I think is happening, but I wasn't really paying attention to the story. Yeah. You know, I, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm betting that, you know, th- this is probably from the actual, you know, Conan lore, right? That's um, what I'm assuming. Yeah. Which, which, you know, was probably really cool for like the Conan fans who <laughs> like got this game. They're like, Oh shit. Like they've got the, you know, the, the, the elephant god in here or whatever. For me, it was just like a really cool set PC boss yeah. fight that, that was very satisfying. And, and, you know, one of those things where it's like, you know, get, you get the gotcha where it's like, you're done. And then it's like, Oh no, it still wants some more. <laughs> like this game did that a lot. Yeah. And I, I didn't mind it. Like, I mean, each boss, once I got used to it, each boss was going to be multi-phase and you had to like pay attention to what the game wanted you to do after you drain the health bar. I was fine with it. I would also use, a, I used the guide a little bit. Just kind of look up what to do because I'd get unsure and then the boss yeah. fights. But mostly I just could play and just have fun and just murder things and it was just fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, you know, it was satisfying to like, you know, try to find like I, I got, you know, I didn't find all the secrets, obviously, but I got most of them. I think I think I did have issues with doing the uh, triumvirates where you would like you had to like light up these three emblems yeah. to like, increase your health, your rage or your magic. Because some of them were just like very, it's like, because it was a timing based thing. So you had to like get to the next symbol before it stopped glowing. But Conan is, is a slow dude. And you have the a spacing more just, time than you think. Mm, okay. Because I, I thought the same thing too, where I'm like, this is too, I'm just not going to bother. But there were a couple of times when I did it and I noticed as long as I knew where it was and I went straight to it, I was completely fine. Like there was enough time to do that. As long yeah. as you clear out the enemies, then go and do it. It wasn't too bad, but it, it was a little confusing, and I would like to have a real timer or something, because you're right, Conan moves slow. Yes. Not a fast person. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, the game does a good job of giving you weapons constantly, of letting you change up weapons. Like, you enemies will drop weapons, you'll find things that hold on to weapons. Like, you'll just find new weapons all over the place that, if you want to switch up your style, which I thought Yeah, I, I, I really appreciated, appreciated that. that, because, you know, 
on one hand, I was like, oh, man, it'd be cool if you could just like switch to every style on the fly. But I, I actually did like the idea of and this actually, I think, fits with the character where it's like, you know, you're you're holding two weapons, but you want you want a shield. And so you just chunk this weapon at the nearest enemy and then then go pick up the shield that's on the floor. Right. Or, you know, grab this great sword off of the corpse of the enemy you just beat. So <laughs> so it feels like really in keeping with the character. And I, I was surprised that, you know, even though I did gravitate towards the sword and shield move set for my own personal preferences, like I was changing it up a lot because it just, you know, it felt good to do. I just love the fact that we could, that this game gave us that opportunity to do that. And the fact that me and you played completely different. Yeah. I think that's also, really neat. <laughs> whenever I fought enemies I didn't like, like you were talking about, like the turtle guys, anytime there's a turtle in the enemy, weapon after weapon after weapon got thrown in their face, and they do go down pretty quick after that. <laughs> Did you ever get caught in the whip QTE guys that whip you and start throwing you around? I know. I got caught in the whip. Like there was the, um, there was like that bolo that, that the barbarian boss the second oh, time yeah. around will hit you with. And I got hit by that a couple times, but I broke out of it before. I, I'm assuming if you don't break out of that thing, he just kills you in one it's shot. Instant kill is what the yeah. guide said. They're like, get out of it now. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, don't get far away from him. Make sure you're in his face constantly. Because if you get away from him, he'll do the bolo moon. He'll instantly kill you if you don't do the QTEs fast enough. Yeah. Oh, that, w- that was one annoyance that I had on this game. And, and it's actually an annoyance that I have with the Souls games. And I thought that <laughs> I'm wondering if this actually predates like from soft design or if this was just a thing that i never noticed before the the homing animations on certain moves where you know because usually with like a big enemy right like you see the wind up for their move and so you move out of the way but in from soft games they're like fuck you i'm just gonna spin around like on a dime at the last second and hit you (laughs) anyway and there's a lot of the bigger enemies in conan that do that and i'm wondering if like if if they actually like beat FromSoft to the punch there, or if this was already a thing in, in some games, I just don't remember it. But I notice it now because, you know, it happened to me all the time in Elden Ring and it's it's it sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm assuming it's just a video game thing, but I can't. But now you mentioned I can't really think of games that have it either. Yeah, so, because I don't know. I play a lot of character action games and, and stuff like that. And I, you know, I do remember a time where it's like, no, you you dodge out of the way of the big attacks and you know, you're not there when the attack lands because they've already committed to the attack. Yeah. But FromSoft is like, no, that only applies to you as the player. Like we can do whatever we want. And so this, you know, 15 foot, you know, 10 foot wide enemy is so, you know, so quick that they can just completely turn around like 180 degrees and still thwack you with this thing, like mid swing. And it's like, that's bullshit. <laughs> I didn't notice that too much. For me, it was it was definitely the uh, like the dual wielding statues towards the end, and then oh, that yeah. second fight with the barbarian, where like he he had this move where it's like, oh, you just you just get that for free, don't you? Like like no matter what I do, you know, <laughs> like it, I'm gonna get hit by this, you know, nine times out of ten. God, he was yeah, he he was annoying. Like there's a story to this game, but it's irrelevant yeah. for the most part. That I guess Conan went to some place and woke up a a god essentially, some kind of demon god, and then that's why you lose all your equipment, and that's why you're going. As you beat bosses, you get your equipment back and then get spells, which yeah. I use spells a lot. I just use the one spell. I mean, there's a meteor spell I use sometimes. I never use spell three or four that you get because I just didn't care. I use them each once. But again, like the stone prison is so versatile. And it and the yeah. thing is, is, like the more powerful spells take up more charges of, of your magic. So it's like, why would I waste three slots on this one Raven spell when I can do stone prison three times for the same amount and kill more enemies over time that way? But yeah, you know, I, it's it's kind of what I probably expect from like a Conan story is like, yeah, he 
he shows he he wanders into a situation, kills a bunch of dudes, you know, like woos some ladies and then goes on an adventure. <laughs> and, and by the end, like, you know, the lady that he wooed either is dead or missing and he just goes about, you know, his life. But I did like the the story framing where it starts. Actually, it made me laugh. So it starts with this old lady telling a story to like a kid before bed and she's <laughs> telling you the story. And then throughout, you know, you at the end, you find out that like the the old lady telling the story was actually Akana, the, the woman oh, that yep. was by your side. But the kid's gone. And I'm like, what happened to the kid you were telling the story to, lady? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. I didn't pay enough attention to the story. <laughs> I like story in game. This is just one of those games where I'm like, I don't I just want to kill things. That's it. Yeah, that, that's that's why you're here. Again, you know, it, it it is a very, you know, pulpy, puerile, like it gets the job done, right? Like you're not we're not we're not gonna be thinking about this game in depth, you know, a week from now, right? <laughs> no. Um but it's fine. <laughs> it was I mean, hey, now it it will be set we'll be one of the few podcasts that actually covered this game, I'm sure. So Yes. Hey. <laughs> I don't see this game being something that people are talking about quite often. I just there's there are a few stuff on YouTube, but not a lot. There's a few things on YouTube for this game. Yeah. I I looked for a Matt McMuscles what happened and there wasn't that but he did have a Flophouse plays of it. That's um, cool. Yeah, but but I, I was really hoping there'd be something a little more in depth. But again, like it doesn't even seem like there was really like much of a disaster about this game, and it's not like the game was like super anticipated or hyped before it came out. I, I think it was just like, oh, someone's making a Conan game that might be good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I was interested in it, but yeah, I, I feel like the majority of people were probably like, okay, who cares? It's a uh, yeah. You know, it's a Conan game like Conan wasn't a big I feel like Conan wasn't a big character at this time, but I don't think Conan's ever really been like a big character other than maybe around the time that the Schwarzenegger movies were coming out. I think it's just always been like it's had its fan base. But and this game snuck in, I think, a little bit. It was it was too early to get in when people were tired of this type of game. But it was just early enough to be like, you know, it's like, oh, it's a God of War clone, right? Like. Straight up like that. That's what this game was referred to as. And it's like, well, yeah, you can't really you can't really deny that. But yeah, I, but I, was, I was looking some some stuff up also because I was like I was thinking to myself, man, there were so many games that copy God of War in such a like quick period <laughs> of time. time. But I was thinking of Rygar, but actually Rygar came out in 2002. And I do remember that now because when I first played God of War, I was like, oh, they 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 ripped off Rygar because because like the combat is like very similar um, <laughs> I never to, played to the, the PS2 3D Rygar game. I know what you're talking about. I've never played it. It's good. It, it it is another solid B title, right? It you know it anything that God of War may have taken from God from Rygar as inspiration, like you know it it obliterated Rygar from the consciousness of of people because it did it so much better. <laughs> yeah, it's not a game I ever hear people talk about. So yeah, once in high school, someone's like, "Yeah, you should play this," and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" But that's it. <laughs> now, the more I'm watching, I'm happy to say how much you can skip. I did use the stone prison ability a lot on enemies I didn't want to deal with because it would help me get rid of their shield problems. Yeah. To turn them a stone. One thing I thought was interesting, the way you heal yourself is you drink big bottles or big caskets of wine, pretty much, or pots of wine. I thought that was yeah. hilarious. Again, seems very in keeping with the character, right? Like, yeah. Conan is is a is a simple man. Like he 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 cares about <laughs> battle, food, and women in that order. <laughs> it was just it it did remind me a lot of of like the old golden golden axe games. Yes, kind of had that feel to it. I I just like fantasy setting stuff like this. I I've always been a been passionate about it. Me too. I like yeah. the fantasy setting. Yeah. yeah, and this is definitely a darker fantasy. And that is yeah. one thing that I did know about the character is that he hates magic, right? So like yes, I, and I I'm surprised they didn't play that up a little bit more. Like like. You know, maybe him like 
you know, commenting about how it he hates, you know, relying on the, this power or whatever, like, but, but, it, but that might have just been like, well, we need to have you be able to do more stuff than just hack and slash. Right. So, it, you know, video games. Right. That, that's what that's why you can do this shit. <laughs> I feel like he makes a comment about the armor when he puts it on, but I, I can't remember. I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to what Ron Perlman was saying. So, yeah, you're, you're better off that way. He, he, I wasn't super. I wasn't invested in the story. <laughs> yeah, he, his, fun. I, you know. He's a fine actor, but, uh, you know, and a lot of times in cases like this, I'm like, that was probably the, the fault of, like, the, the voice direction more than, than the actual, like, voice actor. But, uh, but I'm also not a fan of getting celebrities to voice characters in video games when you, when you could have gotten, like, a dedicated voice actor that, that different is used to doing it. It is. Very I much. mean, like, people won't hear this for a bit, or not, they'll hear this episode, they won't hear what I'm talking about. I did, we did an episode on Scott Pilgrim takes off the anime and one of my big complaints is yes it's awesome you get back all the all the people but the voice act like these are not voice actors and some of them do not sound good at all yeah and, and unfortunately mary elizabeth winstead is like the top of the list and she's also like the main actress in the in the in the yeah, anime and I, it's like oh yeah that's i'm way too attached to that movie i'll just say that when i watch that show and it divvies from what i expected i'm like hey, i like this movie a little too much to be able to handle anything different <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually that part I didn't have any any problem with, but but I I do agree that like you know some of the actors you know are are delivering like pretty flat performances, and and it's kind of a bummer. But but then but then some of them are great, like Kieran Culkin and I think uh, Chris Evans does a great job. But but it, it's definitely uneven, and because uh, you're right, like you know it's voice acting different is different from from camera acting, and not all of them you know not not all of they they didn't study for that right it's not what they you do don't in their need day a, job. you don't need a like you didn't need a celebrity in this game like you could like you said just get some good voice actor with that can do a gruff voice and can pull off conan you don't need ron perlman exactly yeah although you know? I, I did find it pretty interesting because i think i think i, I want to say that the jason momoa movie came out around the same time as this or may, maybe not but ron it's... perlman plays conan's father in the jason momoa movie which i thought was kind of funny <laughs> oh <laughs> i'm Okay, I have I have no memory of that movie other than it exists and Momoa's in it. I didn't have any memory of it until I was watching it earlier today. And then also, in in another weird connection, Rose McGowan plays the daughter of the villain in in the Jason Momoa movie. And again, she was supposed to play Red Sonia in the Robert Rodriguez Red Sonia movie when they were still together. So that's interesting that like huh. you know she was still kind of tangentially you know part of this in in a movie. <laughs> it would have been cool to see Red Sonia in this game too. Just because she's yes. part of that same universe, right? I think she is. I, I'm honestly not sure, Mike. Like, I've always associated her with Conan, but I think it's because in the Red Sonja movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger is in it, but I don't think he's playing Conan because I don't think they had the license to Conan, but he was, but he was Conan. <laughs> it looks like, yeah, she debate, she, her first appearance is in Conan the Barbarian 23 in 1973 in Marvel. Okay, cool. So, yeah, okay. She's oh, the Marvel character. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's probably some of the issues too, is that she's owned by Marvel. So yeah, not, yeah. she's not owned by the Conan probably thing, but she was from Conan. I, who knows with licensing crap. Right. Yeah. I really and, hate and licensing. At some point, you know, for the longest time, like Marvel has not been, you know, it's been like dynamite comics has been publishing red Sonia for years. So that's interesting. I think they're publishing that again, maybe now that like Marvel's actually picked up that stuff. I mean, they're doing Conan, so I'm assuming they're doing red Sonia. I'm not I don't, sure. Like I don't buy yeah. comics. I just read them online. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, it's been a long time since I was getting like previews every month from my comic shop, but I, but, you know, I remember always seeing, you know, Dynamite Publishing do it because, you know, Redstone would be one of those books that would have like 
18 variant covers for every issue because like <laughs> you just you know you get like different artists to do like really you know pinupy you know covers of red sonia because of course yeah that's what they're there for mm-hmm. i feel like that that's starting to end though by the way all those different comic covers i think that's starting to go yeah away finally i think they, i think they you know they they started to realize that it's, it's like diminishing returns you yeah. know with with all that stuff and that's from listening to Ryan Higgins constantly on Comic Conspiracy. Yes. <laughs> I, I know you probably should listen to that, too. Oh, yeah. Every week. One, it's one of the few podcasts. Now that I don't I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, unfortunately, that's the one that I always try to listen to them every week. Nice. Or when they skip weeks, when they don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know what that's like. I haven't missed a week in five years, so <laughs> that to me. That's pretty <laughs> Another impressive. Po- <laughs> uh, hey, I'm... I'm about to be five years next week or two weeks from we from the time that this is public or a week from when this is published five years in a row haven't missed a single week so yeah i don't know how you do it man because you also release like multiple episodes in a week and three like, a week if, if if we didn't take you know our like two like uh you know six month to sometimes two month like hiatus every year like our show would have like ended years ago <laughs> See, for me, I don't have a co-host anymore, so it's just, just, just different groups of people. That's how I do it. True. I'm yeah. the only person that is taking on that burden, and I love it, So, and my wife is okay with it, so it works. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's yeah, the, no, like, I, for I, me, like, I, well, I, you know, but I, I guess also there's a difference between the way we produce our shows, right? Because, like, I, I do, like, like, a ton of editing when I probably don't need to. And so that definitely takes a toll where I'm like, I need a break. Like, I, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I might edit usually takes double double the time whatever it took to record it is how long it takes me to edit it on average yeah because i don't put music in very often i don't do any of that type of stuff so it, it, it's much quicker uh, another boss that i forgot about completely until i watched the speed run is the sorceress queen the one that's inside that giant like goblet that looks like a that one's not great no she was a bit annoying but it was you know for yeah. diversity i guess i mean it was something different like the other bosses this is one that you have to kind of wait and then she looked like a snake and it was kind of it was cool but she was annoying yes yeah not as I annoying as the final boss, though, which which is an all timer. Oh, I can we talk about that now? Is it yeah. time? Okay. Well, should we I, mention this? There's also a squid I forgot about too. Oh, that was awesome. That was that was fun. A whole level of just you fighting a squid on a boat. It reminded me of the Hydra. Yeah, that that was work. one of those. I forgot. Thank you. Yeah, I forgot about that because it was such. <laughs> a, it, it was like a five minute level, but <laughs> it was so cool. Like like yeah, I was I was really impressed with that, and it's. You know, again, it's like a really big set PC moment. And like there's parts where you got to like stop it from pulling the boat over. And it, it's like grabbing your crew and transforming them into like shadow enemies that you have to fight. Like you get to like cut off its its, its tentacles. It, it, it's a really cool fight. And and then it <laughs> like there's a part at the end like, when you after you do the QTE where Conan like like jumps into its mouth. And I was like, come out the eye socket, come out of the eye socket. And at first he was like just like stabbing upwards through the the head from the inside, and I was like, "Well, I guess that's the next best thing." But then he came out through the eye socket, and I was like, <laughs> "Yes." <laughs> it's just, yeah, he pushes the eye out and climbs out. <laughs> oh, that actually reminded badass. me of the of the Hydra battle from uh, God of War One. It's very much like that, and I I, I had forgotten some of this stuff, but as I, I'm clicking through a, a, a YouTube video to kind of just to refresh my memory, and like. Yeah, I completely forgot about that fight because it's just like you said, it's just a five minute thing. You just do it. And it's a really cool set piece. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, no, we can. Yeah, the final we can talk about the final fight when you you get all your armor, you go inside some portal looks like Stargate and then you end up wherever the in some. I don't know. Dark prison is what it's called where you fight the final boss, which is ridiculously yeah. annoying. Having, <laughs> having navigated a bunch of platforming sections that this game is not built around, by the way. 
like parts where you're like having to jump from platform to platform as they're crumbling. And like Conan's jump is very like short and shallow. And again, that's, that's where a lot of my deaths actually occurred up until I got to the final boss. I've played this more recently than Mike. So, so I'll take point. And then if you want to like interject by all means, but because this is fresh in my head, I did this like just a couple hours before we, we yeah, started recording sooner than me. So, you know, you're fighting like the, the dude and, and first off, it's a, it's a terrible design. It's a very ugly, boring looking boss design, especially compared to the other stuff that you've already fought. And, you know, he's doing his normal bullshit. It's like, okay, the, there's some of these attacks are annoying because it's just like, he's kind of getting them for free. You take down his health, you know, and then it starts a QTE, which you have to do. But then you have to like rotate the platform that he's on with this giant gear. But when you start to do that, two things happen. He goes into the middle of the arena and he starts like throwing out these like long tendrils that he sweeps around and you can dodge them. You can jump over them and, and duck under them. But at the same time, these like, you know, shadow enemies come up out of out of this goo and, and come at you and they don't have any weapons. They're just like kind of like bum rushing you with their with their hits, which you can block easily if it wasn't for the fact that the tendrils will automatically <laughs> break your block and leave Conan open to just getting bum rushed and uh-huh. getting stun locked into oblivion. <laughs> and that that is one of those things where I was like, nobody play t- tested this. And this is where I think that it feels like like a steam piece of shovelware, like like where it's like nobody. No, but there's no way I don't I, I refuse to believe that anybody looked at this and or no, actually, what's more realistic. It was play tested. They, they gave their complaints up, you know, kicked it up to, to where it needed to be kicked up to. But then THQ was like, no, we got to launch this thing now. And they were just like, well, it is the final boss. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Like who's going to even get here anyway. Right. <laughs> but it it is, it is such annoying, frustrating bullshit. Well, there's uh, a couple things about it. Like when you're fighting those assholes, what the guy told me to do is you got to grapple them often as you can, because if you grapple them, you're invincible when the tentacles hit you. Yes. And that, that is what I resulted to. But, because of I, I checked with the guide, but the problem okay. is, is that when you hit the grapple button, sometimes Conan doesn't want to grapple. Sometimes Conan <laughs> just wants to punch and punching isn't going to get the job done. <laughs> oh, for me, like, oh, God, I this is where I, I, I feel like I must have played this game for an hour at this point. Maybe. I mean, it was a while that I was doing this fucking fight. Yeah, and I was getting so irritated. Because first you fight the guy and I got his I got his pattern down pretty quick. It's pretty simple. Yeah. I would, and you you hit them, then you have to do a QTE. Then each time you do it, it starts off the same, and then they add a little bit more to the QTE each time. And also, and also, they change the buttons. Like, oh, <laughs> I mean, I I had to just pay attention. I had to just stare at the screen and not press anything until the right button came up. Because you press the wrong button too soon, they go, oh, too bad. Yeah. And I would just kill myself and then let the and then reload the checkpoint. Because thank God they realized that. There's a checkpoint because you have to do this three times. You have to deplete his health bar, then mm-hmm. run over, do a QTE event with, or do a QTE event with him, then do a QTE event to get this wheel turning where he does a tendril. Then you have to, and luckily there's a, there's a, there's a checkpoint between each part. Otherwise this would have been, I would have just quit the game right there. Yeah. Cause like you said, it, it, it's actually six phases, right? Like you're, you deplete Something his like health that. three times, but then after you deplete his health, then you have the tendril section. So it's like, you know, there's like two parts to each like life bar, basically. It's ridiculous. And if you screw up a QTE, he sucks away your health and then he gets half his health. And I would usually just kill myself and start it over. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. bother. Yeah. The, yeah. It's it's oh, man. And the last part, 
when he does oh. the extra tentacles, the guy told me you want to save up all your magic so you can do a big spell that makes you invincible, I guess. So you can just sit there and do the wheel. I didn't do that. I like, didn't have any magic left. Me either. <laughs> and because I didn't read that last sentence of the guide until I was already in the fight. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And I just, it took me a few tries to finally just get the guys off me. Because I couldn't grab them. For some reason in the last set, they would not be grabbed. And if I tried to grab them, they would just all bum rush me and stun lock me and kill me. Yeah. I had to run around, wait till he stopped, murder them, and took a couple tries. Then I could then I could finally do the wheel after he when he stops doing his tentacle bullshit. Yeah, just, and then and then like to add insult to injury, like then you have to do another QTE to like end the fight, and that was like probably I mean I did it in the first try, but it, it was the perfect example of like this QTE doesn't match whatever's happening on the screen, and also why wasn't this just a cutscene? And I'm it's a fan. 2007. So, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a fan of the boss fight. Like I think I think it's a lost art. I I think a lot of games don't really do it very well anymore. But these types of games typically do them better than others. And I think for me, what makes a great final boss fight is that it should kind of be like the test of everything that you've learned throughout the game, right? Like you should kind of have to bring all of your toys to the table to like yeah. take out this boss. This is the opposite of that, where. It, it is a combination of all of the problems of the game <laughs> in, in one like distilled form. <laughs> and, and like, honestly, like, you know, cause you, you know, you, you beat this like a, about probably about a week before Actually, I, I did beat this Friday. Uh, so, <laughs> so for, okay. Okay. So a few days before me. So for me, you know, it's fresh in my head and it's like, it left like a really bad taste in my mouth. And so like, it was good to talk about like the beginning of the game you know, in this podcast, I was like, no, there actually was a lot of stuff that I liked about this game, but God damn that last level. <laughs> it's just, it's very 2007. It's very, like you said, they just, they didn't tune it enough because somebody didn't give a shit, you know, up above. Most likely mm -hmm. some corporate asshole was like, no, just ship it away. I want my money now. Yes. And I mean, this is before the time you could pass. I mean, it was just a little too much. And I think I also noticed you couldn't hit them with quick attacks. You had to use strong attacks. You had to use the Y button. I could, pretty I could, sure. Well, I, I was using like certain like actual combos. So like I was dual wielding for this one and I had a, there was this one specific combo that I had that was very effective, which okay. was light, light, hard, hard, because because the third hit of that combo would usually break a block and then I could like free him up to like oh. for some free damage. OK, you did it completely different to me because I had a two handed weapon and I couldn't if I did any like the light attacks, it would do nothing to him. So I would just do heavy attacks constantly. That's what the guy told me to do, too. So I just went yeah. all heavy. And I would, like... His combo was really easy to pick up what he was going to do. Like, this was simple. Mm -hmm. Which is fine. I mean, I, that part was fine. Just, whew, it's It was just too long. Yes. And I, I'm wondering if you lose that last QTE, you got to do that whole wheel part, I'm assuming, over again. That's what I would figure. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm glad I pulled it off in the first try. Because I, if, oh, I, if I'd had to do that last segment again, I would have been like, you know what? I'm just going to look up the ending on YouTube. <laughs> I, I, I can't do that usually because then I can't put it on my list. <laughs> I keep a list of all the games I beat um, in general, so I don't. Um, but, oh, God, when I saw that, like, I remember just being like, I'm going to stare at the TV and I'm going to hold this controller. I'm going to pay attention to every little button that pops up. And I'm not going to miss one. <laughs> like, yeah. in this button, in this game, when it would have you tap buttons. I would tap it just until the button goes away. As soon as the button went away, I let go so I don't fuck up the next QTE that's coming. Yeah. Because this Same. game taught me that. <laughs> like yeah you can mess yourself up and i remember when the credits showed i was like yes it's done <laughs> one of my worst boss fights in a game in a while yeah me. same and i'm with you i love boss fights in games i 
I think, I mean, that's one reason I love the Dark Souls Bloodborne series so much, because I, I love good boss fights. I think that mm-hmm. it make, it's just great to talk about for the sh- for what we do, you know, in the show when I talk about boss fights. It's just, I just enjoy it in games in general. Yeah. And, and like, I, I do think, I do think that that was, you know, we, we talked a lot about like, you know, what we liked about the 360 generation. I think that was actually a failing of the 360 generation is where I think that's where the art of the boss fight started to like go away. I mean, there's, there's exceptions, right? Like I still think about like the Mr. Freeze boss fight in Batman Arkham night or Arkham city. as like a, like a all time great one. Oh yeah. But then I think about like, you know, the end of Bioshock one where they're like, I don't know, I guess we need a boss in this thing. And (laughs) (sighs) or mass effect two, right. The, the end boss of mass effect two, like, you know, sometimes like, like I think this generation was where like people started to like, well, and I think also because the game started to get more realistic, right? So, like, yeah. I remember playing Grand Theft Auto 4, and there would be, like, boss fights in there. And I'm putting those in, like, sne- sneer quotes. Because they would just be, like, dudes with, like, crazy amount of health. And it's like, why? 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 Why am I doing this? So, like, I can really <laughs> play that one day. It's, <laughs> I I have, I'm, I'm, I have very fond memories of Grand Theft Auto 4. But at the same time, I'm not sure if I can go back. Especially now that I've played Saints Row 3 and 4. Which are my preferred level of open world crime bullshit. Yeah. I've just, I've never, I've tried, I've tried playing Grand Theft Auto four before, but I've never gotten anywhere. Yeah. It's long oh, too. On my list. Really I beat long. five. I beat Grand Theft Auto five actually at one point, but that's yeah. impressive. I, I Grand Theft Auto five bored me to tears and I had this, I, I think I bounced out like after the second heist. Oh, I was when I, I haven't when I start a game, I usually finish almost every game I start. I have a compulsion with that, that unless something like breaks, like Blood Omen 2, where it crashed in the final boss and wouldn't load. I said, fuck it. (laughs) Soul Reaver 2, where I could not get the game to load. I mean, those are the few cases where I'm like, okay, I give up game. I will just, you know, experience you through YouTube then because I have no choice. But if I can, except for Beautiful Joe, where the skill cap said no. So, right. And I said, okay, we're done <laughs> now for me. Like, like I've, I've definitely like adopted a, if I'm not having fun with this anymore, like I'm just, I'm done. Right. So, and there's, I've got too much to play where it's like, I, you know, like I've got other stuff. I, I can move on to something that I'm going to have more fun with. So this is, this is where you and I part ways game. And I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, that's fair. There's nothing wrong with that. That style of play. I just, I like to beat everything I do for the show and almost everything I play is for the show. But even yeah. before that, even before the podcast, I would usually start a game and I would do my best to finish it. But I also play a lot of retro games with save states. So it's much easier to finish them. You're right. <laughs> when you're cheating. Yeah. Anything else to say about this game before we go on to questions, comments, or memories? The last thing I just wanted to highlight real quick, and I know it's not the podcast to do it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, really, really <laughs> solid soundtrack. I really well, that's dug a lot of the music in this game. I, I thought it was very appropriate. And like there would be times when like during fights, it would like swell to a part where I was like, yeah, man, like this is really doing it for me. Like I, I'm, I'm really digging this. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm Conan right now. So, uh, <laughs> and I, I saw, like, I think the composer worked on Dark Siders as well. So, oh, you know, that's a good game. Yeah, like real, real, real good stuff. Thought it, thought it, thought it did the job really well. Right, and from I watching our entire Orb Blood Super replay from Rob St. John, extremely underrated game. Ron Perlman's voice was perfect. I also enjoyed the gore and titties. Take me and crush me with your love. <laughs> I agree with all of that except for Ron Perlman, but you know, <laughs> from you Andrew you. Burns, I just remember seeing this cover blown up as a full page ad in Game Homer for what felt like at least a year. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. 
like I remember, I, you know, this was after I was going to E3, but I can just imagine the THQ booth at E3, like probably the year before this game came out. And, you know, just that booth being like lousy with Conan stuff and them really pushing it pretty hard. I, I can definitely see that happening. Oh, supposedly I think there's a Conan game actually in the works. Conan Unconquered. Hmm. No, that came out in 2019. I don't know oh. what that is. Oh, RTS. That, that okay. okay, that that's a choice. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I searched Conan Gameformer, and that's the only thing that really came up. I want to find out if there was something for this game a long time ago, but yeah, my guess is not. <laughs> or at least I'm not going to find it without a lot of work that I don't want to give. All right. And then from Dominic Chikoki, friend of the show, would it be fair to say if you like a God of War clone like this, there's a chance you'd like Bujingi, the Forsaken City? <laughs> which is a game he's been trying to pitch to me to do on the show, which I did put on the show, hopefully for next year. I haven't played that one, but I, you know, like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm down with a character action game. Like, you know, I, and again, I'm, I'm down for a B game. So like, I'm sure I'd probably get some enjoyment out of it. <laughs> okay. I'll hit you up. Then it's in God, uh, whenever the hell I do it, it's gonna be September or something like that. It's a while now for now, but yeah. <laughs> A game that will never get re-released either because of uh, licensing. Right. Yeah. There's some. Well, I got to say, though. So because I believe that I have I didn't check, actually. I think that I still have the disc on PlayStation 3, but I don't have my my PlayStation 3 hooked up right now. But it is backwards compatible on the Xbox. And I bought I actually bought it digitally on the on the uh, Xbox store. And so that's how I played it. Okay, so I didn't that, know it was still available. It's still available. Yeah. So that was nice to see. Because otherwise I, I was just going to like order. I was just going to order a used copy for, for Xbox and just, you know, run it off the disc. But because I knew I knew it was backwards compatible. But the nice thing about the games that they have made backwards compatible on the Xbox platform is that they're also available to buy digitally. So even some of the licensed stuff, I, you know, I think they're pretty much done with the backwards compatible. Oh, no, but they. Oh, ooh. Now, now, now that they own Activision Blizzard, I'm hoping that maybe some work gets done for tr- the the two Transformers games from High Moon. Oh, those those need, are fucking fantastic. Those need to come back for people. Yes. Like, those are cool games. I I played one of them a little bit. I never finished either one, unfortunately. But yeah, those look cool. I didn't mean yeah. to play those for years. They're great. I am hoping with with that acquisition that they do bring stuff back. Me too. But no, that's that's awesome. You can buy this game. I thought you would have to for sure have to buy it used to play it. I was thinking that too, but no, yeah, I, I just bought it right wow. off the store. It was, I mean, it was $20, which is, you know, a little bit pricey for a game this old, but you know, I, you, sometimes you pay for convenience and it was certainly very convenient to do that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I get that. I mean, I thankfully paid four bucks for this game in the version I p- played, <laughs> but yeah. I've had it for probably over five years in my clock in my PS3 collection. So just, yeah, finally got around to it. Yeah. And probably had it since 2009 or 10 when I first got my 360. I'm assuming I had this game forever. Yeah. And then from the Giant Bomb group from John Kemery. I remember remember playing it when it first came out. I fell fell off it for a few months and went back to finish it. Fun game. Nice to see a half-decent Conan game. Yeah. All right. And that's all I have. (laughs) I didn't expect I was going to get much. I just always have to ask people and see see what happens. Yeah, you never know, right? Like, for all we know, there was, like, this, like, really hardcore, like, character action community that had formed around this Conan game. Because, the you know, because, again, the, the combat system is actually pretty deep. I mean, I actually, speaking of the God of War ripoffs, I played Night, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie's Revenge, last, like, two weeks ago for the show. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that was an action game. <laughs> yep, it's a, God, it's a Devil May Cry, God of, more Devil May Cry clone Made by the people that made Double May Cry. Oh, that's weird. I don't. 
That's weird. It's it's a <laughs> sequel to the movie too. Huh. Like it's a legit sequel to what happens after the first movie or only movie. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that one. I I, I didn't listen to it because I was like, well, I don't care anything about Nightmare Before Christmas, anything. But I'm now I'm now I'm intrigued. <laughs> oh, it's not a good game, by the way. We we were not. None of us were happy. Let's just say yeah. that. Like <laughs> this was an experience where I walked away. Oh, this is a fun game. I did not walk away from Oogie's Revenge going. This is a fun game. Yeah, because it those two things don't really match up. Just just like you shouldn't turn Conan into an RTS. Like certain things work better with other <laughs> genres. <laughs> I would enjoy another Conan action game for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I mean, if they were making one, I would pick it up at some point for dirt cheap and play it someday, maybe, but like a, like a strategy game. I have absolutely no interest. I mean, I like nah. RTSs, but I'm not going to play an RTS. Yeah. That so makes me sad that that's all we get for Conan. I'm also sad. This game never came out on PC because I would have rather bought it on PC. Yeah. And I don't like MMO. So there's that too. All the survival <laughs> game is on steam, but I don't want to play a survival game. I, I'm waiting for a survival game to hook me with story. The closest I've gotten is I really love Subnautica, but it still has like th- there's there's still enough where it's just like you're kind of like aimlessly, you know, surviving and building stuff and not really knowing where to what to do next. I'm okay. hoping that Arc 2 is the game that does it for me because I like the concept of a survival game, but I'm a big narrative guy and so I I need a strong narrative to keep me caring about surviving. And I, it seems like Arc 2 might be that, but we'll see. My, my problem with Arc 1 on console is that that is a PC-ass PC game, and it does, not, <laughs> it does not work on console very well as far as, like, interface. And I'm hoping the sequel is made, you know, yeah, knowing that they're going to be on console. So maybe that'll be a smoother interface, but, you know, got to wait and see. Oh, that, that survival game is also a open-world multiplayer game. Yeah, th- you know, that, that's, that's how Arc is. Like, I, th- I think it very much... I think it. I think Ark came out first. I want to say this t- took a lot of cues from Ark. I could be wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, no, Ark could... definitely came out first. Okay. Because I can I can tell you where I was when Ark came out, and that was not 2018 yet. So I gotcha. Because <laughs> I was working at the Mall of America, and I remember talking to a guy about Ark because he just gotten it, and that I didn't work there at that time. So there you go. <laughs> That's all I know. You know, <laughs> the weird thing like, oh, I had a conversation about this title that was before this year, so it did not come out that year. Oh, dude, like, you know, I worked in, in video game retail for so long. And then since then, like, literally, I mark time by console releases. And I think that's the reason why whenever <laughs> I see, like, anniversaries of stuff, I don't have that, like, oh, I'm so old reaction. Because I'm, I'm just like, no, yeah, that makes sense. Because, you know, it's like that. So because right now, for whatever reason, my well, actually, no, I, I have moved it up recently. So right now, my current frame of reference is the PS4 launch, which was 2013. So I'm like. Oh yeah, that came out. Yeah, that was like right around the time of the PS4 launch. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, that's about ten years old. That that tracks. That's fine. Like it doesn't bother me, but but that's how I mark time, dude. Like I mark I mark it by major video game releases and or console launches. <laughs> I mean, it makes perfect sense, especially if that's a big part of your life or your work. You know what you're doing for work. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and then with the podcast also, right? Like you know, I've been doing the podcast since uh, 2012. So there there's that as well. That makes perfect sense too. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I, I, I joke and call, well, like, oh, I did this pre-podcast, or I did this after podcast started. Right, yeah. Because it affects my way of life. And before we go on to Shelf Stacker Box, I want to give away another random Steam code. Ooh. Let's see here. Here's the code for St- Sticks Masters of Shadow. That's a good PC. game. Never played it, but I own yeah. it, so, and I have codes for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the code is R. P six Y V nine P V T W 
3H4YR. That is the code for Sticks Master of Shadow on Steam. All right. And let's go to Shelf Stacker Box. And Julian, why don't you go first? I'm going to stack this one. I, I because I think I think it technically is stacked in my collection somewhere. <laughs> like I I think I still have the PS3 version. I'm not quite sure. It it again, it is a solid game. You know, it it is it knows what it is. It doesn't try to really punch above that weight class too much. You know, it it is weird going back and looking at this game and being like, "Oh, yeah, like a PS2 game kind of took this game's lunch." But at the same time, <laughs> you know, like we've said, like there's some really cool stuff in this game. Like it has some really good ideas. It again, it if they'd had a little bit more time, I think this could have been something actually kind of special and, and might have actually made a splash. And, you know, I, I'm increasingly amazed at, like, the decisions of, of corporate assholes in, in video games where it's like, because they never really, there's never any consequences for their actions. Like, the, but their action, their decisions will oftentimes be the, deci- the, the make or break it for a game's success. But yeah. the people who suffer are the ones who actually, like, did the work. And I bet that's what happened here is like some idiot was like, no, we need to push this out the door now because we because we need to make it for like fiscal or whatever. And then, you know, they laid off a bunch of people at nihilist or nihilistic games or whatever. But it wasn't their decision to push it out early. Like, <laughs> I, I hate that. It's like, just wait. You'll make more money if you just wait. But it's that whole like, you know, money's not real type thing with some of these companies where it's just like we just got to keep our stock price up. Yep. So like with Netflix, I think it's going to happen someday. <laughs> so someday it's all going to fall apart. And I will oh, be yeah. very sad because I love Netflix. <laughs> so <laughs> I enjoy it. <sighs> but yeah, that's all another thing. Okay. And I'll, I'm going to put this in the stack too. I had fun. It's not something that I'll ever go back. And I mean, hell, I beat it Friday and I already forgot some of the bosses in the game that yeah. I was watching the YouTube. Like it's a forgettable game, but it was a fun four hour experience. It's finally off my backlog after eh, like a little, at least a decade. And it feels felt good. It was fun. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to say about it. I'm glad I, I'm glad I played it. Yeah, me too. So, and I'm glad I found someone to actually talk about it and play it with me. So that was nice. Yeah. Again, I, I think that that's, you know, the brilliance of this show is, is getting to talk about these, you know, these games that, that were, you know, large. I mean, you, you play a lot of like popular big games as well. But like there's, you know, I think the more interesting ones are the ones where you're talking about stuff that people may not have even messed with or been aware of, like when it came out. Oh, and I feel like this is definitely one of those games people are not aware of anymore. Yes. <laughs> oh, and it just I just look at my giant 360 library of some of the random shit that just exists there. And I'm just like, well, one that I know is on uh, Steam also, Blades of Time. Never played that, but I've always wanted to. Like X-Blades, like just random, you know, character mm-hmm. action game. Yeah. Sure as Wrath. I don't think it sure as Wrath is anywhere else but 360. Uh, it's on PS3. Okay. But yeah. it's not. It, it never got ported. Did it, it never got else? ported. I it is backwards compatible on Xbox, though, which is nice. So I think you can still buy it okay. digitally there as well. I love that game. Don't <laughs> listen to the to the haters that, that complain about them locking the real ending behind DLC because that is just them like really leaning into the anime trope. The game ends just fine in the base game, guys. It's just that like anime always has the real ending as like an OAV or a movie after the fact. And you, you real you watch and you're like, I didn't need that. It was fine before. Same I actually thing with bought the that. <laughs> I bought it and played it. Way back then. I, I enjoyed it too. I played it once and I, I, I forgot about it, but I looked up at my, I was looking at my collection of A's and there it was. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I shouldn't. Yeah. It's too bad. I wanted to play that on PC, but it doesn't exist on, on my short list of Capcom franchises that I desperately want to see come back in some way, shape or form. It never will happen, but no, God damn, that character's cool. <laughs> I, I would love to see it on steam just to be able to buy it and replay it. Like yeah. on my steam deck or something. That's all I want. But 
All right, and before we go on to plugs, I do want to mention the game you get to hear about, talk about next week. Next week, we're talking about Zelda, Legend of Zelda, the Breath of the Wild for our five-year anniversary of this podcast. So you get to hear who knows how long the episode's going to be next next week. <laughs> so go listen to that. And Julian, where can people find you at? Yeah, well, you know, I've been on Games My Mom Found before. You may know me as the host of Nerds Without Pants, but I'm the host of Nerds Without Pants no longer. Because as of uh, after 11 years, 282 numbered episodes and 55 specials, Nerds Without Pants has come to a close. But from the ashes of that comes something new that I'm very excited about. Launching in the early part of 2024, we're hoping by February or March, it kind of depends on when we get our uh, excellent theme music done by the, the wonderful, super talented Megan McDuffie of River City Girls fame. We are well, we have launched. We've done a soft launch already. You can actually go find us everywhere on your favorite podcatchers. But we are launching the Stage Select, a video game variety show podcast hosted by myself and my co-host of Nerds Without Pants, Justin Ham. So the the only thing that you can count on with an episode of the Stage Select is that we're going to talk about video games. Beyond <laughs> that, you have no idea what to expect or who to expect on the show because it's very much inspired by old variety TV shows like Ronan and Martin's Laugh-In from the 60s, or You Can't Do That on Television from the 80s, or the, the original Muppet Show. We're going to have weird random guests and sketches and dumb characters and fake commercials and all sorts of like weird shit every episode. <laughs> I'm super excited about it. Uh, Justin is a really funny dude that just comes up with like the craziest shit. And, you know, we were stifled with Nerds Without Pants because we technically didn't own it ourselves and actually had you know, through no fault of our own, like just, just on the back end, we were de- like, we were, we were delisted from Apple podcasts. So like you could not find Nerds Without Pants for, you know, for a good while there, unless you had a, an alternate form of podcatcher. So now having full control of a show and really being able to make a, make a go of it, like we're very excited to move forward with this new show. You can find the show on Twitter at stage select pod. And again, you can find it uh, on all of the major podcasters now and Spotify as well. Just look for the state select. There are other there's two other state select podcasts that are there, but they're one of them is a Brazilian podcast that's defunct. And the uh, another one is a podcast that hasn't updated in since 2020. And, you know, we we've we, state select is like a legacy thing from Nerds Without Pants that we felt was like a really good way to, you know, pay homage to the to the old thing while moving on to the new thing. So. We have a beautiful logo uh, done for us by friend of the show, John Golson, that I'm so happy with. I, I asked him, I said, okay, look, I want, the, I want the actual logo to kind of be like a 60s mod style, like, like Laugh-In. But I want our faces on there, sort of like Street Fighter Alpha 3's character select screen. <laughs> and he knocked it out of the fucking park. It is so cool. Like, we never did merch for Nerds Without Pants, but I want this on a t-shirt now. <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> neat. <laughs> Hey, it's not hard to do. Like he, oh God, I almost made shirts for the show at one point, but I just never bothered to. But yeah, it's not hard. Yeah, so we'll, just throw them on our website, and it'll take a cut. It'll take majority of it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so we'll see. Like you know, we're going to be launching a Patreon very soon, even you know, to kind of help launch the show and stuff like that. So again, the best place to find us is on Twitter because we have a link tree there that has all of the details. But yeah, please, if that if that sounds interesting to you whatsoever, please you know, at, like go check it out. Subscribe to it so that you're ready for when the show launches in early 2024 and come on this crazy, crazy ride with us because it's going to be a blast. <laughs> and you will see a link in the show notes to his show. No matter what time you if you listen to this early, you listen to it hell, months from now, it yes. will be there. So <laughs> go check that out. 
Great. And if you want to, and if you enjoyed this show, there's over 550 other episodes of this podcast. You can find everything we do on Podbean. Otherwise, get it wherever you get your podcatchers, but only everything is on Podbean. So you, and you can find that on there. If you want to support the show for a little star, you can vote in our Patreon polls. We have one every month. So you can help us, you know, you get to help define what the show becomes. You'll help affect an episode that happens every month. So definitely go do that. And you help me out. So greatly appreciated. Uh, please join our Discord. You see the link in the show notes to chat with us in Discord. Uh, we're always happy to have more people on there. I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena and Hell Hastry. You can follow her on TikTok, Instagram, Twitch. You will see a link to her link tree in the show notes. Also, I want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker. He his own podcast, Gamer Looks at 40. He's been on many movie episodes of this podcast. So let me go check him out. And I want to give a shout out to Nomads of Fantasy, another podcast that I work with. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky, <laughs> and TikTok. Squirrel videos on TikTok. And YouTube, audio only, but we are at all those different things. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys next time. Bye, Bye. everybody.